Hey, everybody, this is Matt George, host of the Locked On Kings podcast. Before today's episode, I wanted to share with you a little game that I played with some friends. Not sure if you've heard of the role-playing game Dungeons & Dragons. I'm a nerd and a huge fan. So I decided to play a little Kings-themed Dungeons & Dragons with some friends of mine during halftime of last night's Kings & Timberwolves game. Guys, thank you for being a part of my new D&D one-shot campaign. I'm super excited to play with you all. This campaign is called King Clash. You're in a large but dimly lit room. It's Colosseum-like. You are three figures dressed in purple and are standing on a hardwood surface, shiny and polished. You see some kind of symbol, a ball with a crown beneath your feet. If I could please have you describe your characters. I am the fox. I'm small and thin, but super fast. I've been assigned the task of rescuing a city from 15 years of suffering and loss, and I have in my inventory a contract valued at 163 million gold pieces. Hi, I'm Bud Bucket. I'm known as one of the best shots in the land, but I'm also wanted for stealing 94 million gold from a man named Vlad Divac. Under age, it says 24, that's crossed out, then 28, which is also crossed out, and then 41. I am Bags III, who was ironically chosen second in a great draft a couple of years ago. My purpose in life is to escape the shadow of a horse, or maverick, known as the Luca. Out of a dark tunnel to your right, you see yellow eyes and hear a growling. Suddenly, a giant timber wolf jumps out at you! Oh man, a timber wolf? Can't we fight something good, like a killer net or a laker monster? No, you are fighting a timber wolf. You aren't ready for anything better than that. Oh, fine. Anyway, a giant wolf jumps out at you, teeth bare, ready to strike. The fox, because of your incredible speed, you will go first. All right, uh, so I will use my quickness to get right up next to the wolf, cross it over so its feet get all tangled up, and hit it with a finger roll attack. Let's see, that's 30 points of damage. 30 points, nice. Shame nobody else on your team will be able to score that much. Bud Bucket, it's your turn. I'm gonna use my sharpshooter attack. Roll a d20. On a 15 or higher, you will hit five straight shots. Damn, I rolled a six. Yikes. Sorry. Unfortunately, you're only going to hit three or four of the 15 shots you take tonight. Okay, now it's the Timberwolf's turn. Wait, what about me? Don't worry, Bags. Your day will come. The Timberwolf is going to hit all three of you with a series of bite and claw attacks. Whoa, can't we defend against that? You? Defend? Ha! <laughs> So, the Timberwolf is going to do 40 points of damage to you all. Bags, you suffer an injury that will keep you out for the rest of the game. Damn it! Not again! That does it for the first quarter of combat. So, having fun? You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. For another episode of Locked on Kings. Well, it took three tries, but finally, the Sacramento Kings defeated the Minnesota Timberwolves 128 to 125 last night. They nearly blew an 11 point halftime lead. Actually, it might be safe to say they did blow it, but still found a way to close this one out. The Kings win their 24th game of the year. They're now 24 and 35. We'll recap this game. Plus, Franklin Cardicelli from Sports 1140 KHDK, he has been in the Golden One Center for these last two games with fans in attendance. He's going to tell us what the atmosphere is like. Plus, we'll talk about General King's news, including Marvin Bagley being cleared for basketball activities again. But should Marvin get any playing time? What's the point? We'll talk about it on today's episode of Locked on Kings. 
Hello, and welcome into the Locked On Kings podcast, your hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all offseason. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for the last six years. This is season number seven for me, covering the Kings, both as an on-air host and multimedia journalist. And I'll be honest, did I expect the Kings to win last night's game? Not really. Did I expect the Kings to blow that 11-point halftime lead? Yes, and they pretty much did. Now, they still won the game, and I'm not here to be a negative guy after a Kings win. I'm excited to be able to talk about winning basketball. It's nice that the Kings didn't lose three games this season, all three games to the Minnesota Timberwolves, who are one of the worst, if not the worst, team uh, in the Western Conference. They might be the team that ends up with the number one pick, and the Kings almost nearly were swept in their season series against a team who will have a better draft pick than them and more than likely will leapfrog them in their rebuild. I would not be surprised if the Timberwolves are a better team than the Sacramento Kings are next season. Now, that can't be the case. It can't be because the Kings can't allow it to be. The Kings need to be the team making the jump into the playoffs next year. And I know they're competing with a bunch of teams like the Pelicans, like the Timberwolves, maybe even OKC to get into that conversation next year. But I would say in Sacramento, jobs are on the line if the Kings do not accomplish that goal. But that's the future. Last night, the Kings got the win. And they did so thanks to 30 points from De'Aaron Fox, another 30-point performance for him. However, even though he was the Kings' leading scorer, he really wasn't the hero in this game. I have to give props where they're due, and that's to Buddy Heald, who had a great night shooting the basketball. 7 of 11 from three-point range, 11 of 16 overall, finished with 29 points, including the uh, clutch three late uh, to give the Kings the lead. A one-point lead that then turned into a three-point lead after De'Aaron Fox hit a pair of clutch free throws. De'Aaron Fox, over his last six games, is shooting 83% from the free throw line. We know that's one of the major weaknesses of his game. And with the amount of times he should head to the line, I won't say will head to the line because we know he's fouled more often than it's called. He needs to do a better job taking advantage of those free throw opportunities. At least in these last few games, he's been doing a good job of that. So De'Aaron Fox, a solid performance. Buddy Heald looked great shooting the basketball. It was good to see him get back to that red-hot Buddy Heald that we know can happen from time to time. Now, it's happened less often than I think the Kings and everybody would want in Sacramento this season. And I don't know, maybe playing in front of fans inside the Golden 1 Center has something to do with that. A lot of Buddy's offensive explosion performances in his career have come in the Golden 1 Center in front of 17,000 screaming fans. Now, he didn't have quite that many last night, just 1,600, but he put on a show for them, and it was good to see. Kings also got 22 points from Harrison Barnes, 16 points from Tyrese Halliburton, 10 points from Shemezi Metu, who looked good again. And then Damian Jones, he plays 22 minutes in this game, finishes with 8 points, eight rebounds, but defensively, Damian Jones was a hero in back-to-back plays. Talking about getting a big stop against Carl Anthony Towns with the Kings up one late, did everything right, moved his feet, made Towns settle for a fadeaway runner almost in the lane that was nearly blocked. Excellent defense on that possession by Damian Jones. And then, after Fox hit those two free throws to make it a three-point game, Jones tipped the inbounds pass so the Timberwolves couldn't even get a potential game-tying three-point shot off. 
two incredibly important plays for Damian Jones. He's on his second 10-day contract with the Kings. Now, I don't want to overreact to this too much, but hey, look, we know the Kings are a bad defensive team, and it's not too often that they get consecutive strong defensive plays from the team or from any individual. So I threw out the question last night. It's kind of a joke, but also maybe not. Is Damian Jones already one of the most impactful Kings defenders on the team this season because of how he played against Carl Anthony Towns last night, especially down the stretch? <laughs> he honestly could be. We're going to talk to Franklin Cardicelli more about this win plus more Kings news. If you didn't see, the Kings announced today that Marvin Bagley has been cleared to return to basketball activities. According to Sam Amick, Bagley is targeting a return to play sometime next week. The Kings play Golden State on Sunday, Dallas on Monday, Utah on Wednesday, and the Lakers on Friday. So maybe he'll find his way back into the lineup or into the rotation to some extent. But I would just like to throw out the question, and Frankie and I are going to discuss this a little later on. Should Marvin Bagley play? What is the point of Marvin Bagley playing? Because to me, it's pretty clear that both sides are ready to move on. Now, you don't just want to waste a talent and let him sit on the bench and do nothing. I get that. But playing Marvin Bagley, what does it give you? How do the Kings benefit? Well, I guess if the Kings aren't able to move on from Bagley and he remains a Sacramento King going into next season, I sure hope that's not the case, but it very well could be with the amount of money Bagley's making and how low his value seems to be. It could be beneficial for the Kings to use these final 14, 13, 12, however many games Bagley plays to try Bagley maybe in a different role coming off the bench or try him with a Fox and Tyrese Halliburton backcourt. Maybe that could work. I understand wanting to use this time as maybe an experimentation time for Marvin, but at the same time, there's no chance in hell Marvin should get anywhere close to the starting lineup for the remainder of the season. I don't think he will, but he definitely should not. Absolutely should not. And I'm also not convinced that Marvin is going to provide anything for general managers outside of Sacramento who might be interested in trading for him. I don't think a GM is going to watch Bagley maybe put up good numbers or empty stats in losses on a bad team for the final 10 games of the season and think, oh man, we need to go and get this guy. Forget all the injury issues. Forget all the context of him struggling so far throughout his career. Those final 10 games, man, that's all I needed to see for me to be willing to trade for him. I mean, I guess it's possible, but consider me very skeptical. I don't know. I don't really see much of a point to Marvin Bagley playing for the Sacramento Kings at any point through the remainder of the season. But if he's available, hey, I guess throw him out there. Today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me just trying to make it through the day tension-free, Theragun can help. Theragun is the handhold percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out or an injury or just the stresses of everyday life, there's no substitute for Theragun. 
Gun Gen 4. The OLED screen and the design make you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to their site and check it out. And the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Shapova, hundreds of thousands of customers, and me. Try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199. That's really an incredible deal for this device. Go to theragun.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun.com slash locked on. Franklin Cardicelli, a writer and podcast host here covering your Sacramento Kings, writes for Sports 1140 KHDK and KHDK.com. You can check out all of his work there covering not just the Kings, but a multitude of sports in Northern California. And then one of the hosts of the Return of the Roar podcast, Frankie, has been inside the Golden One Center over the last couple of games with fans back in attendance. He now joins me on the Locked on Kings podcast. Frankie, it's a pleasure having you back, my friend. Welcome in. Tell me a little bit about what the atmosphere was like in the Golden One Center. Last night seemed a lot more lively than the uh, the first night with frontline workers in attendance. I know there are still a lot of empty seats and a lot of cardboard cutouts in there, but after sitting through a lot of empty Golden One Center games, as you and I both have, how different is it? How much better is it? Matt, pleasure to be back, my friend. Uh, it it was great. The, the, the first game, it was a little mellow and, and I don't know if awkward is the right word, but it just seemed a little like people were still kind of getting into a groove of things. It, it did seem a little more empty on that Tuesday night game uh, with the first responders, but uh, you know, the, the King season ticket holders and other fans came in on Wednesday night and it seemed a little more at capacity, which I think it's about 1600 is the capacity right now. And it just it had a different feel to it. I've been at these games all season long. It just has been super quiet, super 9 a.m. AAU game tournament feels. It just it felt like an actual you know professional basketball game last night, and you could really feel it in the last probably four or five minutes of the game when the Kings win that run to end the game. And it's just something the Kings have missed, I think, for the whole season. And I I really am excited to see where it goes from here because I know that the county could be scaling up things to open a little more capacity for the upcoming games and uh you know it just it felt different and it was really nice to see considering that the golden one center is or holds a capacity of over 17,000 1600 doesn't really make a dent but I've always been impressed by even on in, under normal circumstances even a lighter kings crowd anywhere between 13 14 15 uh, thousand that that crowd still makes a lot of noise and gets that building rocking especially when Scott Freshour and, and the Kings do their fourth quarter pump up I overheard on the TV a similar pump up happening what was the volume level like at least from 1600 well, the, the first night on Tuesday, it seemed like the crowd noise was being pumped in a little bit in unison. And I, 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 I kind of wanted it to be, you know, the volume to be turned down on the crowd noise because I wanted to hear what the, the true sound was of that first crowd on Tuesday. But last night, there, the crowd noise, I don't think was played too much. Uh, it, it was genuine. Like what you heard on TV was pretty genuine. It, at the end of the game, it got, it got decently loud. I'm sure a little bit was piped in from the crowd noise on the, uh, the loudspeakers there, but uh, the energy was there and, and fans were really loud and it, it just, it does bring a different dynamic to these Kings games because the Kings, as we all know, over the past 15 years have not been a good basketball team. But the one thing that has remained true is the fans have been there for whatever reason, day in, day out, that they filled up that arena, whether it was Arco, Golden One, Power Balance, what have you, and then now into Golden One Center. Uh, 
they, they fill that arena up. And, and last night, it just you could feel that Kings fan kind of glow to the game. And it's something the Kings truly benefited from down the stretch. Let's be brutally honest here for a second. The Kings are a bad basketball team. The expectations for the remainder of the season are pretty low. As much as the Kings want to pretend that they still have a shot at this play-in tournament, the likelihood of them making it is is, is very low. And I'll talk to you a little bit later, Frankie, about the news that Marvin Bagley is available to play and whether or not he should be playing in this idea of, of tanking versus setting up for the future and, and what the line is. We'll get to all of that. But if you were... A, a paying fan. I know you're a Kings fan. I am too. But based off of what you've experienced so far in these first two games in the Golden One Center, knowing the opponents that are coming through, not the greatest of opponents, unless you're really excited to watch like Luca and the Dallas Mavericks come to town, would you pay the money and and go through the? Um, I don't want to say it's a it's a hassle because it's important, but going through the testing or making sure you have your your vaccination card, everything that needed to get inside the building. Do you think going is worth all of that at this point in time? Uh, it just depends on what you're comfortable with. I, I think in a normal year, if, if there wasn't COVID restrictions it, at this point in the season, would I be going to games? Probably if they were cheap and affordable and I just wanted something to do. And I do love the Kings. And I think it would have been, you know, easy for me to say, yeah, I'd be there. And especially now in COVID, uh, you know, different universe. If I'm, if I'm coming in as a fan, I probably would. I probably would go through it. Uh, I have a couple of friends that went and, and they went through the protocols. And I said it wasn't too too grueling of a process if you're vaccinated just take a photo of your card you can keep it on your phone uh you can get a test the, the week of a couple of days before uh it's not that much it just depends on what you want to depends on what you're what you're comfortable with what your availability is as far as getting a test or if you're vaccinated uh but it, it's been a strange year for the past year and and i think going to a king's game while you can't bring food or, or drinks to your seat and you can't mingle with all the other fans around you and you're kind of in your own little pod it's a little sense of normalcy just being at the arena and watching the Kings play set us up the fact that how, how you know bad they've been uh well, even though I guess it's kind of normal but uh it, it just depends on what you're comfortable with but I thought it was a fun experience last night I thought it was fun for the fans I think everyone had a good time so uh, I'd expect the fans to be coming out in four for the last four or five home games well I'm definitely optimistic that by October the start of next season we assume it'll start in October uh, that hopefully full capacity, if not close to full capacity, will be coming back. Hopefully we'll have herd immunity by that point. Uh, so it'll be great, great to see the Golden 1 Center getting close to back to normal or full and get that arena rocking once again. Uh, but Frankie, unfortunately, these the, the first two games that, that Kings fans are able to attend this season happen to be back-to-back games against the Minnesota Timberwolves, which I know a lot of these fans, doesn't matter who the Kings are playing, they're just excited to go and watch a basketball game. But Frankie, it took the Kings three tries to finally defeat the Timberwolves. And they even, I think it's fair to say they blew an 11-point halftime lead last night, but they were just able to close this game out late. In your mind, is this just a matchup thing with the Minnesota Timberwolves? Are we seeing the same issue of the Kings playing down to their level of competition, even in last night's game, which they won? What is it about this Timberwolves team that has given the Kings so much struggle so far this season? I guess the Detroit Pistons could be thrown in there, too. Well, you look at the first couple of matches with Minnesota and the easy answer is, you know, the, the Kings killer himself, D'Angelo Russell, he just, just picked them apart, obviously on Tuesday night. And then back, you know, a couple of weeks ago when they played them for the first time, it was his first game back. And as we all know, uh, star players love the returning against the Kings and just put up incredibly ridiculous numbers. And I think D'Lo had about 25 off the bench that night over 18 or 17 minutes or something like that. But the last couple of games in particular, Mostly on Tuesday night, the Kings were killed on the glass. They got out rebounded 51 to 39. And 
easy answer to that is Carl Anthony Towns. He had 18 rebounds. And with Rashawn Holmes and Marvin Bagley out, the Kings are pretty thin up front. I know Hassan Whiteside is able to rebound. I know that they, they signed Damian Jones. But having a presence like Carl Anthony Towns in the middle truly – it just – it really had had fits. And then you bring in Nas Reed, who is a guy who's kind of still coming into his own in the league last night, scoring 24 points off the bench. Uh, the Kings had their hands full in the paint. And I think last night they kind of finally broke through a little bit. And I think Damian Jones was a pretty big part of that. Damian Jones down the stretch really contested Carl Anthony Towns in the fourth quarter well. He had a really game-saving stop on that that last possession by Cat. And uh, the Kings kind of just – they rolled with the punches and they, they tried a new different things on Wednesday night. And Luke Walton putting in Damian Jones at the end there over Hassan White, that turned out to be the right move. If you took the Kings minus four and a half last night, you made some money on betonline.ag. But you don't just have to bet on Kings action. You can bet on NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, soccer, even awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. BetOnline, the official sports gambling partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. We even have a show called Locked On Bets, which is dedicated to help you make money on BetOnline.ag. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline is you covered for all the news, scores, odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code locked on bet online your online sportsbook experts today's episode of the locked on kings podcast is brought to you by rock auto with the ever-increasing numbers of makes like fiat kia and models pacifica xt5 it is now impossible to stock all of the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like is your odyssey an lx or an ex i don't even know what that means and why wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer choosing only the brand that his warehouse happens to carry you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. You can get the exact parts that you need at the click of a button. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Look, Frankie, I hate 
the word tanking. I hate the idea of tanking. I just do not like the idea of of a team intentionally trying to lose. However, I do understand the philosophy of the reward on the other side of tanking. And look, the the Kings made a clear decision at the trade deadline to make a push for the play-in tournament. It's safe to say now that that push, it, it, it failed. It's not going to happen. So in my mind, instead of just bashing your head against the same wall, trying to go for something that is still mathematically possible, but very, very low chances, instead of doing that, I think the Kings could somewhat salvage a part of this season by focusing on the future. So some might interpret this as tanking. I look at it as more of, hey, it kills two birds with one stone. Give more playing time to younger players. Give more playing time or or more opportunity for De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton together, but you can limit their overall minutes played in the game. uh, Less minutes for Buddy Heald, less minutes for Harrison Barnes, more opportunity for guys like Chemezi Metu or even Kyle Guy or Robert Woodard or, or whoever. So you get a good understanding of, which players you're considering bringing back for next season, which players you really want to really take a hard look at this summer, and which players you know that you're going to move on from. And on top of that, if the Kings lose more games because of that, great. You put yourself in better draft lottery odds. If they win more games because of that somehow, great. You're winning basketball games, and and it it doesn't really matter. Uh, Where are you at on that? Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way as you and, and Chris and I talk about it a lot, how I am I hate the phrase tanking too. I don't like it. And once upon a time at the trade deadline a couple months or one month ago, uh, I was all in on the Kings adding talent and going for it because to me, it felt like they do have too much talent to tank. And I still feel that way. If you look at the talent on the roster, that that's not the, the roster of a tanking team. You, you look at what the Houston Rockets did and, and Oklahoma City Thunder, those teams tanked. They sat Al Horford down the stretch or they traded away a James Harden or what have you. And the Kings didn't make any of those big moves. So uh, I think they, they standing pat probably wasn't the best idea because it does kind of leave them in that limbo where they are right now. But the small moves they made as in bring in a Terrence Davis, bring in Mo Harkless, bring in Damian Jones. Uh, like you said, I wouldn't be mad if the, if the Kings said, you know what? We have 14 games left. We're five out. We're probably not going to get there. We want to protect the future of De'Aaron Fox's and Tyrese Halliburton's health. Well, not Tyrese. Tyrese actually should probably play. But more so De'Aaron. De'Aaron needs to take a seat, I think, pretty soon here to preserve his health. I know he's battling an ankle thing. The Kings are out of the playoff race, in my opinion. Uh, I'd love to see what they have left in Marvin Bagley. I know he was announced to come back today. I'd love to see what they have in Robert Woodard, uh, Jemias Ramsey, all those young guys. Because when it comes down to it, again, I hate tanking, but – Winning basketball games might be good for the, the culture of his team and for the you know for the overall tone, but winning basketball games at this point is not necessarily a big positive in the big picture here because the draft's coming. The Kings are within arm's reach of a top five pick. Uh, they have some tough games coming up against Dallas, the Lakers, the Jazz. They they, they have a lot of losable games coming up, and uh, I think we could see some interesting moves uh, with the roster down the stretch. So you answered partly my my next question, talking about Marvin Bagley, who the Kings announced has been cleared to return to basketball activities. Sam Amick reported that Bagley is targeting a return to play sometime next week. Uh, so we don't know 
when Marvin's going to be available. And I would love to get your take on this because some would argue that playing Marvin increases the Kings' chances of losing. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with that. I know that they haven't always been at their best with Bagley on the floor, that that sometimes Marvin Bagley, the player, and Marvin Bagley, the fit uh, in the Kings' system, just don't seem to gel. You kind of have to pick one over the other, it seems, at times. But look, I don't really see a point, Frankie, if I'm being honest, in Marvin Bagley playing. I don't. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that both sides want to move on. I think Marvin Bagley playing and putting up empty numbers and getting empty stats at the end of the season is not going to do anything to convince another general manager out there that suddenly he's worth the $11 million or whatever he's owed uh, to to take him next season. We know the Kings are going to try and shop him regardless, and I think it's fair to say Marvin Bagley wants out of Sacramento. If he doesn't want to be a part of the team, so much so that I don't know if this was a Bagley decision or a team decision, but they allowed the dude to go home and not stay with the team when he got hurt and they picked him up when they went to Phoenix, which I think is ridiculous. If he doesn't want to be a part of it and the Kings don't view him as a part of it, why make him a part of it? Why put him in there? And certainly if he does come back, there's no chance in hell I'm giving Marvin Bagley any opportunity to start for the remainder of the season. Where are you at with that? Yeah, I agree. I, I it's kind of it's it's kind of a difficult situation, I think. I think Marvin and his camp, I don't have any inside knowledge. I'm speculating. I think that they know Hey, we want out. We what do we need to do to get out of here? I think that the problem is his value is so low right now. I remember there's reports that he was only going to bring back a second round pick from some teams. I know the, the Kings were talking to Detroit about Sadiq Bay, and the Pistons rightfully so rejected that deal. I think the problem is Marvin wants doesn't want to play, but at the same time, he needs to raise his value. His value is so low right now. And I think the only way to do that is play out the remaining 13, 14 games make an impact as much as he can raise his value because if not, the Kings are probably going to hold on to him until the next next trade deadline. But, yeah, but realistically, uh, Frankie, I'm sorry to cut you off, but what can Marvin fine. do in 14 games to raise his value that erases the majority of, or even some of the context of his career to this point? Not just the injury history, but the fact that he unfortunately comes uh, with a camp. I'm not going to mention anyone in particular, but everybody knows who I'm talking about. He comes with an opinionated camp that we found out does have some sort of impact on on how Marvin is looked at around the league. Uh, and on top of that, uh, nobody really knows what he can be and, and really what he is. And plus, the price tag attached to that. I don't think, it's the same thing with continuing to start Marvin Bagley, or rather uh, Buddy Heald for the remainder of this season to hope that he increases his value. GMs outside are paying attention. If they're going to be interested in either uh, Buddy Heald or Marvin Bagley, they know the context that comes with it, and 14 games for a bad team at the end of the season is not going to change anything in my mind. No, it probably will not. I mean, it's just Marvin Bagley and Buddy Heald, they, they think that they they think there's something that they are not. I think I know that Buddy is a great shooter. I know that Marvin is a talented player, but I think they envision themselves as a lot bigger entities than they are. And I think that Marvin wants to say, okay, I'll show everybody. I'll show their teams. This is my showcase. I'm going to ball out and I'm going to get looked at and someone's going to come knocking at the King's door. I don't think it's going to end that way. I think if Marvin Bagley did not want to play, I think Marvin Bagley wouldn't want, I think, I think he wouldn't play. We've seen it before. Right. We've seen them. He doesn't, he doesn't want to be with the team on his downtime. LaMelo Ball didn't leave Charlotte the whole entire time he was hurt. Uh, it's just, I think if Marvin didn't want to play, he wouldn't play. Simple as that. I think he'd want to protect his health and and uh, just go into the offseason healthy. But I think he is motivated to prove not only to the Kings, but to other teams, 
actually mostly to other teams, not even really to the Kings, just mostly specifically to other teams, that he can be a player in this league. And we've seen this year, he's looked good in stretches. He hasn't had a bad season by any measure, but health remains to be the issue. And if he can show down the stretch, he can post 20 points a game or have some monster numbers. That's probably the only thing that's going to raise his value because right now, 14 and seven on 50% shooting, it's a good player, but it's not going to bring much of a return back when he can't stay on the floor. We'll wrap up with this. I'm looking forward to this offseason because I think a lot of changes are coming. They have to come for Monty McNair. Even though he hasn't even been on the job a year yet, this offseason is going to be incredibly important for him. And I think a lot of, of his job uh, relies on this offseason. And a lot of the reputation of, of his new front office relies on this offseason. Even ownership, I think, has a, a, a um, or the this offseason has a, a potentially an effect on how hot their seat is. Not that uh, an owner can necessarily get fired. But you and I both know, Frankie, the impatience in this town and how aware fans are of ownership's part uh, in the Kings continuing to struggle. Now, this is going to be the eighth straight season under Vivek Ranadive uh, that the Kings have missed the playoffs versus seven straight seasons under the Maloofs. Hard to believe it's, it's already been that long. But I expect a very different roster coming into next season. I expect new faces. I expect a lot of changes. But I threw out this question on the podcast yesterday. I want to throw it out to you. Uh, other than the obvious names like De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, maybe even Harrison Barnes, uh, wit, who are the Kings on this current roster right now that if you were Monty McNair, you would offer a training camp invite to? And I'm not just talking about the major pieces. I'm, I'm mainly talking about kind of those pieces at the end of the bench because the Kings have a lot of roster spots being taken up by fringe talent. Talent, and I think they need to weed some of that out. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Damian Jones is the intriguing one. He, he maybe he won't have a game like he did every night. I mean, last night he had eight points, eight rebounds, played good defense. Sometimes a little more quiet, but I think just his size and versatility is, and he's been on, a, he's been a part of a winning culture. It's good to have guys like that that have been part of winning cultures. Uh, I obviously would love to, to bring him back. Terrence Davis is another guy who the Kings got for pretty cheap because you know he has some off the court issues, and it, it just imagine the Kings brought him in because they're intrigued about the prospect of him potentially replacing Buddy Heald in a move. Cause you know, they're pretty similar when you look at their skill set. Uh, streaky shooters that maybe sometimes make the most, uh, <laughs> the most obvious play. But uh, I think when both are locked in, they're really locked in and that could be a bargain move in case the Kings do move Buddy because that can slide in Tyrese to the starting lineup. You have a guy on the bench like Terrence Davis who can provide the shooting ability and the streakiness that Buddy Heald has is a threat when, Again, he's on, he's on. Uh, but other guys that are kind of at the, at the bottom of the bench, uh, I, I'm not sure if the summer league is going to be a thing this offseason. It might be a abbreviated one. But seeing what Bob Woodard brings, I know everyone's big on, on Robert Woodard the second, and uh, I think I'd like to see what he can do in, in some more expanded minutes here because uh, he, he's only played in just a handful of games. And I remember in the, the Philadelphia 76ers game, he just did a real good job of getting the free throw line. They didn't fall, granted, but – He's just a guy who I know if he can develop that shot, he's going to get to the line because of his big body and, and versatility. That's a guy I'd love to see down the stretch, uh, either whether it be the end of the season or in the summer. That is Franklin Cardicelli. Check out all of his fantastic work for KHDK.com. Listen to the Return of the Roar podcast with Frankie and uh, Chris Watkins, and hopefully I'll have you back on uh, the podcast in the near future. Frankie, thank you so much for top, uh, stopping by. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it, man.
Thank you again to Frankie for stopping by. If you want to respond to anything we talked about, please do so at Matt George Radio on Twitter. You can email me, mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. I, in particular, want to hear your thoughts on how the Kings should use Marvin Bagley, what they should do with Marvin Bagley, and what Marvin should try and accomplish throughout the remainder of this season, assuming he is cleared and is able to play starting next week. Let me know your thoughts on that. Again, at Matt George Radio on Twitter, mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. Feel free to let me know also if you liked that D&D skit at the beginning of the show. I'm a D&D fan. I'm a nerd. If you want to call me a nerd, I don't care at all. It was fun to bridge those two interests of mine, the Kings and D&D. Right now, I'm enjoying one a little more than the other. I think you can guess which one. But hey, you learned a little bit about me today in the form of a very bad, terribly written skit at the start of a sports podcast. By the way, thank you to Ryan, Alex, and Daniel, my three friends that I actually do play D&D with almost weekly. They voiced the characters there in that little skit. No Kings game tonight, no Kings game tomorrow, no Kings game until Sunday. What the heck are we going to do with our time? Well, I can tell you on tomorrow's Locked On Kings podcast, I'm going to be joined by another friend and coworker of mine from Sports 1140 KHDK, Jay Mars. You hear him on the morning show. We're going to talk more about Marvin Bagley, more about tanking versus putting yourself in a better situation for the future if you have anything that you would like us to discuss more let me know at matt george radio on twitter or email me mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com thank you for listening today stay safe stay healthy i'll talk to you next time my name is matt george you have been listening to locked on kings part of the locked on podcast network you are locked on kings your daily sacramento kings podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day